CPA and CFP Don Cash has made it his life's work to help people like you plan their finances and achieve their retirement goals. It's time for your money and your life. Hey, everybody. Welcome into this edition of Your Money and Your Life with Don Cash. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. Great episode on the way today with Don and myself as we talk about all the things we typically do, investing, finance, and retirement. But first, let's say hey to Don. What's going on, my friend? How are you doing? I'm well, staying safe and sane, as you always say. Uh huh. That's my that's my line. Don't steal it now. <laughs> <laughs> you I doing won't. good? How's the weather? You know what? Um, you know, right here for some reason, Mark. Ever since the election, we've had a run of like beautiful weather. <laughs> I mean, we had like a, a seventy degrees or more every day for like a week. So maybe it's a, a gift from God for enduring such a, nice. a crazy election season, right? Yeah, I'll, I'll go with that. That sounds pretty good. Uh, certainly been a crazy season for sure. And of course, this is our our Thanksgiving edition as well of the podcast. So we hope everybody has a great, uh, happy holiday and all that stuff. And speaking of, just besides the election, there's a lot of COVID conversation going on, right? The numbers are spiking all over the country. I don't know if you saw this or not, Don, but Elon Musk, uh, founder of Tesla, who's you know an interesting guy to begin with, uh, has been feeling a bit ill, and he got tested as well. And I guess he got, uh, I guess he took four tests, and I guess two positive, two negative. And his statement of response was something bogus going on. Now that's just one person's experience, but it certainly makes us kind of wonder. And there's just a lot of weird stuff going on. Yeah, I read that story, Mark, and it's funny. Everyone's talking about this. Of course, my kids are online and watching social media, so they they are the first ones to inform me of this. But right, uh, and then other people have brought this up. But you know, fortunately, the number of people, uh, at least in this area, hospitalized and, and passing away is far fewer than what we had in um, in March and April. And mm-hmm. our governor now, uh, Governor Murphy, has added some restrictions in anticipation of people gathering for Thanksgiving, as you mentioned, which is coming up next week. Uh, so indoor gatherings are limited to uh, to 10 people. And um, I was talking to a friend of mine yesterday who has uh, seven kids, Mark. Oh, wow. I said, you guys just made it, right? Because it's nine of them. <laughs> <laughs> do, so, do the pets count? <laughs> uh, well, then you're done. Yeah, then you're done. Uh, outdoors, too, they, they limit it to 150 people. So what I noticed, though, it was interesting. My wife and I uh, go to dinner in the same little downtown area uh, every week. There's long lines of people waiting to get tested. Wow, really? I mean, so I, it was astonishing to me that uh, people were, I guess it's free, so they, you know, that's a, a draw. Sure. And people are getting nervous, so they want to get tested. But people are waiting hours in these lines at night outside. And I, I said to my wife, Kathy, I said, you know, that alone might make you sick standing in yeah, line right? for two hours in the cold. But uh, yeah, I've, I've noticed that there's lots of long lines and it's, they're, they're testing really more than ever. Yeah, and I guess, you know, whatever side of the coin you find yourself on with all of that, uh, it's certainly interesting. You know, a couple of weeks back, even before the election, I had saw where California, I think, was the first one to post that whole 10 people or less. And then unless it was like a funeral and then it could be up to 30 people. And I, you know, started making the joke that we were going to have a funeral on Thanksgiving for my pet turkey. 
uh, <laughs> and that way we could have more than ten people at the house, you know. But we have we're like you, we have or like uh, your friend there, we have less than ten people anyway, so it didn't really affect us. But speaking of the election, we're two weeks after this. Uh, we still don't have any real confirmation. The president, uh, current president, has not conceded. Uh, although uh, all indications are, you know, some of the legal challenges are still probably not going to change it, and Biden will be the next president. And we still don't know exactly, you know, how the Congress is going to be split up. Right now it is, what are they still counting votes in, I think, a couple areas, right? I think uh, the Dems yeah. uh, have fifteen a 15-seat advantage, something like that, which is pretty slim. And there are two runoff Senate seats scheduled for January uh, in um, Georgia. So what does the result of the election mean for planning, Don, going into 2021, especially when we're still going, well, we don't really know what's what yet, and what should we be focusing on before year end? Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it, Mark? I mean, you know, here we are in the year 2020, and they can count 150 million votes for American Idol and Dancing with the Stars <laughs> in 10 minutes, but we can't determine a national election in two weeks. That's Something's hilarious. off, right? That's hilarious, yes. Uh, so, you know, if anyone thought, Mark, they could predict elections or uh, stock markets or even the weather, the past two weeks should be a lesson in humility. We have, as you mentioned, COVID cases rising all over the world. But you know the economic results are coming back uh, still pretty strong, especially when it comes to consumer spending. And the stock markets globally are way up in the past two weeks, even with all these COVID cases going up. Yeah, I'm sure that the news of the the vaccines from what Pfizer, uh, Moderna, I think, I think another one I'm missing too, other companies has obviously helped that. We saw several spikes when uh, those news stories would break about efficiency ratings and things of that nature. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, vaccines, not only vaccines, but uh, treatments all look very promising. The hospital stays now are much shorter than they were earlier in the year in March and April. But, you know, what do we say all the time, Mark? The stock market reacts to news, right? The news is unpredictable. Therefore, the stock market's unpredictable uh, as well. It's unpredictable from day to day. In the long run, the trajectory is up. But the news comes at us like a freight train every day. Yeah. Uh, you know, and if you're really watching the news constantly, as I mentioned before, you really should take a fast and get off and, and just limit the, uh, the intake because that in and of itself is not very good for your health. But regarding the rise in COVID cases, certainly we're in the midst of what we typically call uh, cold and flu season, at least, you know, here in New Jersey. I guess you have that too, right? In North Carolina. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we're hitting it too. We're still doing 40, 45 degree swings in a day. It was 70, like you, it was in the 70s during the day, but it gets down to, you know, 30, 32, 33 at night. So it's a pretty good swing. Yeah. So cold and flu season is always a big concern. However, what we do know is at some point, you know, whether it's naturally or through vaccines and with treatments, the, the virus is going to come to an end, right? So mm -hmm. we, we need to be focused not only on the day, ahead or the week or the month ahead, but in the next five, 10 or 20 years or more in retirement. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Because I mean, even the Spanish flu disappeared after five years. So there's always uh, an end to those things at some point, like you said, whether it's through medicine or through naturally. But anyway, let's go ahead and turn our attention to uh, 2020 and into 2021. And what does a divided Congress mean for taxes, the IRAs, social security rules, just planning in general, Don? Well, you know, first of all, one of the reasons that the stock markets have gone up besides the virus treatment mark is that a divided government typically means not a lot of radical changes 
in policy in the immediate future. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's not to say that we're not going to see some tinkering around the edges in policy. Right. Uh, we always face that challenge, and we need to keep, keep on top of that and of any proposed uh, changes, which are seem to be always popping up. Unfortunately, the way that we're seen by the government is not the way that we see ourselves. And, hmm. and by that, I mean that many in Washington define rich mark as someone with over a million dollars in assets or a hundred thousand dollars in income. Uh, and that's not how people see themselves. No, if someone adds, adds up their savings, their investments, their home, and, and they're often well over that number. So if you're a single retiree with a pension, a social security, uh, maybe IRA income, and it totals over a hundred thousand dollars a year, which is not unusual, you're in the same tax bracket as a 40-year-old married couple with $300,000 of working income. Wow. So unless you want to fork over a big chunk of your income or your IRA in taxes, you really need to plan. And without a well-thought-out plan, the biggest beneficiary to your 401k or your IRA may not be the family, but it could be the IRS. Yeah, my dad always called him Uncle Sugar. Uncle Sugar wants his cut. <laughs> so what do you see happening in the near future, Don, on what moves uh, we can maybe make for the rest of, of the year? So let's look at a couple of things. Okay. First, uh, as it relates to what was discussed in the uh, during the election season with income taxes, uh, Joe Biden spoke uh, about not raising income taxes for anyone earning less than $400,000 a year. Now, they didn't mention whether it's a single person or a married person. I'm assuming it's a married couple. But Mm -hmm. there was some discussion of reducing deductions and increasing capital gains taxes for high-income earners. But with a divided House and Senate, Mark, will likely not be a lot of changes to the tax code that was instituted back in 2018. Like I said, we'll see some tinkering around the edges. We may see some um, something like an increase in that $10,000 limit on state and local tax deductions that mostly affected uh, blue states like New Jersey, New York, California. They call it the SALT deduction, state and local income tax deductions. Okay, That's a, something that we may see that they take a look at. Yeah, I tend to agree with you on that as well. I think that's uh, a lot of times we do see that with divided government, if you will. So what about the the big old 800-pound gorilla uh, in the room here, Dindon, and that's Social Security. Uh, obviously, for a lot of our listeners, that's a huge piece of things for them. Any changes there? You know, Social Security taxes, that was an, a big issue that was touched on lightly during the campaign. I mean, they call it the third rail of politics, right? They're afraid to go there. But right. one of the proposals that was floated was to either tax all of the earnings that one has uh, with the Social Security tax or create what's called a donut hole. So just to explain, this year, the Social Security tax is 6.2% of any earned income up to $137,700. So above that, you don't pay a dime of Social Security tax. You do pay Medicare tax, but it's much smaller. There's talk about assessing a tax again if the income exceeds $400,000. So basically what would happen is there would be the tax up to $137,000. 
no tax until someone hit $400,000 and then a tax again above that number. So there's going to be changes in Social Security at some point. You could bet on that. I don't know if it's going to be in the near term or not, but you know, as always, we'll keep on top of that by reading and, and looking at the Social Security trustees report from year to year and meeting with colleagues as well to find out if there's any uh, proposals in the works for that. And I think that you know we also have to take a look at these what I call stealth taxes, Mark. And these are things like gas taxes, right? Sales tax, um, the Medicare tax, surcharges, taxes on investment income, something called the alternative minimum tax. These are the taxes that politicians love because they're not really very apparent to the average citizen, not to the average voter. So I think we may see some changes here first. But as usual, as part of the planning process, we keep an eye on these things continually and do our best to plan around them. Well, as a CPA and a CFP, obviously, this is what you keep an eye on anyway. And of course, we try to parlay that information to our listeners here on the podcast. So folks, as always, if you've got some questions, reach out to Don at his website at donaldcash.com. That's donaldcash.com or call him at 800-664-1183 if you have any questions about some of the things we cover uh, here on the podcast. And all that's good stuff for sure uh, that we're going through. So Don, what specific planning moves should we be considering this year as 2020 winds down? So, you know, as we mentioned on the last show and in many shows before, this has been an unusual year, right? To say the least. You know, I heard someone say recently, you know, as about two weeks ago, we changed the clocks back. Right. Talking about how new, unusual 2020 is. So we got an extra hour, essentially, of this year, which nobody wanted, right? Right. So right. I heard someone say that an extra hour of the year 2020 is like a bonus track on a Yoko Ono album. <laughs> <laughs> We didn't want it in the first place, but we're getting more of it. Oh, that's great. uh, Yeah, that was a great, great joke. So what's unusual about this year from a planning standpoint is that there's no required minimum distributions, right, Mm -hmm. on IRAs. We talked about that. Right. As well as the fact that, you know, what's interesting as well, Mark, I've seen a lot of people increase their cash reserves that they have in savings and checking accounts since they're not traveling and entertaining. True. Right. So there's, you know, no weddings, no traveling, no going to Europe and Disney world with the family. So move number one is take a look at converting a part of the IRA to a Roth IRA. That's the kind of IRA that is tax free forever. So whether you're under age 72 or over age 72, if you convert, you pay income taxes now on that portion that you convert. Remember, it's not an all or nothing proposition. You can convert just part. And remember that the taxes now, income taxes, are historically low. And once that money is in a Roth IRA, it's tax-free forever, and there's no required minimum distributions. And that's for you and your heirs for 10 years after you leave the money to the family. So a great move, I think, for many people. A word of caution, you really need to get a handle on the amount of other income that you have for the year so far and project what tax bracket that you may be in uh, with and without the conversion. So 
uh, let's not look at only the estimated income for this year and next year, but also what you anticipate expenses are going to be for this year and next year. And, and I have a feeling, Mark, that when COVID-19 fears subside, that we're going to see a huge increase in the amount of spending on oh, yeah. things like vacations and weddings, travel, uh, discretionary income. Perhaps even next year, I was talking to my uh, kids and they have some friends that were planning weddings and they're even having to like plan their wedding on like Thursday or Sunday because so many of these things are booked up on Fridays and Saturdays next year. Wow. Move number two, Mark, if you don't convert the IRA to a Roth IRA, this may be a good year to see if you're in the 0% category. That's the tax category for long-term capital gains and qualified dividends. Well, okay, wait. What is that? There, There's no tax on some dividends and capital gains. Can you explain that more? Yeah. I mean, this is something actually that started back in, in 2003, and it's it's not really very well known. And it was actually extended under the Obama administration. So here's how it works. Okay. If you're in the first two tax brackets, you fall into this special 0% capital gains category. So for example, you can be a married couple with, let's say, $100,000 of income. Uh, take a standard deduction of $27,700 if you're over age 65, a little bit less if you're under 65, and still be able to harvest some of these gains tax-free because that kind of a couple is in the first two tax brackets. So mm. the, the third move, and that's something that has to be looked at carefully and you really need to get a handle on the estimated income for the year. But the third move, Mark, relates specifically to the month of November. So this is the month that people get their letter in the mail from Social Security for the amount of premium and surcharge that they'll be getting from Medicare for the next year, for the year 2021. The surcharge is called the Income-Related Monthly Adjustment, or the IRMA letter from Social Security. Mm -hmm. Depends on your income for the, uh, the prior two years. Many people don't realize, Mark, that you can challenge this surcharge. It's called an appeal form. So technically, it's form uh, SSA-44. Don't you love these acronyms, Mark? I mean, <laughs> Whoever has S that job, right? Yeah, SSA-44. It sounds like a robot, right, from Star Wars or maybe the name of one of Elon Musk's kids. <laughs> <laughs> so, He's getting all the love today. Yeah, he, Elon's getting uh, bashed this, uh, on this show, but. Uh, we love Elon. He's a, a real character. But there are eight exceptions to the Medicare surcharge that allow you to avoid the extra premium, and it could save thousands of dollars. That's some really good information for sure. And yeah, a lot of times a lot of this stuff gets hidden, and that's why, again, you want to try and talk and work with somebody who can explain stuff to you. And hopefully you get a lot of these good nuggets here from the show and the podcast. Uh, any other November moves, Don? Yeah, I mean, actually, November is what they call long-term care awareness month. So if you don't already have a plan, now's a great time to look into one, especially what we've gone through the past year with so many people, Mark, yeah. sadly, passing away in long-term care facilities. Yeah, of course, it's sad that one passes away, but the cost in New Jersey for a long-term care facility can be well over $100,000 a year, and it's not unusual for it to be $150,000 a year. And more and more people, Mark, want to stay in their own home 
if they ever became ill. So planning for this has become more important now than ever. Well, you know, I noticed you didn't mention Medicare open enrollment season. Uh, We're getting slammed with mailings and advertisings on this. Obviously, it happens every year. Yeah, I know. And maybe we should have uh, dedicated a little bit more time to this one. But, you know, it starts in October and ends in December. Mm -hmm. And there are ads everywhere for Medicare Advantage plans. They love to have celebrities pitch these things, Mark. Oh, yeah. Joe Namath and Joe Theismann and game show hosts. I mean, that you see them everywhere. So they're basically low or no cost HMO style plans. And just about all the people that I see have what I call traditional Medicare with Medicare supplement plans. So that essentially gives them universal coverage as opposed to an HMO style plans. They may live limit where you can get your your care. So more typically, I see these uh, traditional Medicare plans with Medicare supplement plans, Part D prescription plans. And a good broker, Mark, should be reviewing your plan regularly in and out of uh, open enrollment season, right? So whether it's October, uh, November, December, or any other month. Well, great stuff indeed for sure here on the podcast. So hopefully you found some of these moves to consider uh, as the year winds down informative. Again, if you have any questions or concerns, reach out to Don and we'll cover more. We'll talk, Don, maybe uh, on the next show about doing uh, 2021 planning, some things to consider that way, or maybe any last minute moves we can make before January. How's that sound? Sounds good. And uh, happy Thanksgiving to you and everyone out there listening uh, on the internet. Wish you and your family all the best for a blessed holiday season. Absolutely. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody. And folks, don't forget, if you're enjoying the podcast, go ahead and subscribe to it if you haven't done so yet. Uh, it's pretty basically already on your phone. So if you're an Apple user, for example, Apple Podcasts is right there on your phone already. Open up the app and just type in your money and your life in the search box. You should find us on there. I think you hit the heart button in order to subscribe or follow the podcast that way. Same thing with Google. Google Podcasts is probably already on your phone. And if you're an Android user, and you can find all of it at doncashpodcast.com. That's doncashpodcast.com. Or go to Don's main website at donaldcash.com. If you've got questions or concerns, you'd like to book some time to talk with him. He's a CPA and a CFP. So reach out to him before you take any action at 800-664-1183. It's 800-664-1183. And we certainly appreciate your time. Have a happy and safe Thanksgiving. And Don and I will see you in December here on Your Money and Your Life. Investment advisory services offered through Donald W. Cash & Associates, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of New Jersey.